Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's going on? Much like the Bengals, nothing. It's There's so nothing going on right with now. me or. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It's just we we hit the period of early April where the countdown is officially on to draft month. It's almost here. We're weeks away, almost three weeks away. Free agency signings, they're pretty much in the books for the Cincinnati Bengals. We talked about it before we hit record. Probably going to add if they do, it would probably be a camp body if they add any more depth. But at this point, kind of feel like free agencies in the books, I doubt but hey, anything is possible. We see a contract extension with a, a quarterback named Joe Burrow or a wide receiver T. Higgins between now and the NFL draft. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll, I'll take it. Um, but right now, just this past Friday, they did add a little depth on the D-line. Terrell Basham, what did you think about that signing? All right, I don't know much. But the advanced stats look pretty decent for a rotational guy. Uh, seems like. He, he's only had like solid playing experience uh, from 2019 to 2021. Last year, he f- appeared in seven games and um, he made five tackles. So we'll just ignore that because in the three years prior, uh, but we've got 33 tackles, 36 tackles, 39 tackles to go with that. 14 pressures, 23 pressures, 21 pressures, and... That's pretty nice. Two sacks, three and a half sacks, three and a half sacks. That's fine. I mean, this, these are all to me like fine numbers for a rotational guy. He kind of fits. It's probably a, a low contract. I haven't seen the money. Is this like a, another minimum type deal? Probably. Uh, if anything, they draft. If they don't draft a guy like highly, then Basham probably fits that role of, hey, rotational edge. Give Trey Hendrickson a breather once in a while. Um, if they do draft a guy, then you have these two competing and you can never, there's very few positions you can have too many of. I don't consider this to be one, uh, your, your pressure types. Um, yeah, he's 29, I think would be the only thing I'm thinking of is like that. He's probably not getting like a ton better. 6'4", 266. Some people, that's a tweener for the Bengals. That's an edge. That's Sam Hubbard size. Uh, they they like them big. And that's also something that I think we can talk about a bit before the draft for 
people that are into the speed bends, undersized guys, you know, just don't hold out hope that they're going for a Will McDonald, BJ Ojolari type. It's kind of crazy. I'm going to get into some of the prospects. I'm going to stay with the defensive line right now because I know when I look at a lot of these mock drafts and you see what this class is, maybe the first or second round when it comes to the defensive line and, and trench is extremely important uh, for this team. And I feel like they can still add to rotation depth on their defensive line and maybe even an additional starter. But at the moment, it just feels like that won't happen for Cincinnati at 20. I have just, it hasn't, it's been a long time. So maybe what they're doing right now before they get into camp or as they get into camp, they're adding more of guys who haven't signed with the team yet. Uh, When cut day happens, which is going to be crazy this year in the NFL, it's all going to be happening on the same day where teams are getting their roster down to their uh, 53 and, and maybe you're getting somebody off another team. So I just, that's one thing that I'm kind of like intrigued to see what they do this offseason if there is some more added depth on the defensive line or, or maybe that's kind of a late draft pick for them. Yeah, I mean, the fit is there. Obviously, you've got your starting two and Trey Anderson and Sam Hubbard, and you even have your third piece that you want to get plenty of time in Joseph Osai. But after that, you can get Cam Sample in some of those snaps, especially – on uh, mixed downs for a second down and you know you could run the ball he's a good run stopper from the edge but they seem to like him a little bit as a pass rusher from the interior uh to me i i want to have a fourth guy that plays like full-time edge maybe maybe they don't feel that way because they do like cam sample there and maybe they hope jeffrey gunter can step into that fourth pass rushing role or Terrell Basham to step into that role and be the fourth uh, pass rusher from the edge. But all the best defensive lines and especially Bengals defensive lines that I can think of in history, they always have some type of rotation. You know, the greatest part of, uh, well, not the greatest, the greatest thing was pairing Von Miller with DeMarcus Ware, but you know, the most underrated part of that Broncos defense, Shaq Barrett came off the bench. And once you've got a full-time job, you got like 20 sacks. Like that's, the, you know, that's what you want. You want guys like that just, oh, you know, Trey Hendricks is getting a breather and we have to face this monster for like 10 snaps. No breaks, no breaks for the offensive lines you're facing. That's what I, that's what I'd love to see. Uh, so Terrell Basham fits that. He's not Shaq Barrett and waiting, but I do think he gives them more juice as an exterior pass rusher than they've had. I wasn't planning on bringing this up, but you mentioned his name, Joseph Asai. Obviously, everybody knows how the AFC Championship game ended. If that didn't happen, I feel like we would be talking about what Joseph Asai did in that game because he was unbelievable, and, and his expectations going into last year were, were extremely high. What are your expectations for him You know, this season, going into the season with the defense? Man, he's so hard to figure out because if he was a full-time player, this would be the breakout season in my mind. This would be like, okay – this is going to be your, I don't know, eight sack, seven sack season. Like this is the time you're going to do it. But because the Bengals are so weird with his playing time, I think they want to get him more playing time, but they they want to play Sam Hubbard and Trey Hendrickson so many snaps, uh, too many in my opinion. But, I mean, those, those are great players, so I get it. If they could cut back those snaps a little bit, keep those guys more fresh, give Joseph Osai more snaps, my expectation might be like five sacks. Um, Top half of the league pressure percentage, 
type numbers. You're looking at advanced stuff. And most of all, I just want to see more games like the Chiefs game where even if he doesn't get a sack, he ends up, you know, constantly winning on the outside. I guess a good player. He was beating Orlando Brown on a lot of those snaps. Uh, it was a good tackle. Uh, so, yeah, the, I think my expectations are improvement. I think he ended the year with his best game. And it was essentially his rookie year. I get it. I think this is the year you want to see the step up because he's only under contract for two more years. You know, he was injured his first year. Second year, basically a rookie season. He flashed. He also disappeared. He didn't always have the most, you know, he wasn't consistent. I want to see consistently pretty good with flashes of greatness. That's what I'd be hoping for. I mean, that's lofty expectations for a third round pick, but I remember when I watched him, I thought he was like an early second round talent. Um, I really liked him coming out and I think he is the Bengals. I think he has the potential to be the Bengals second best pass rusher. I think people were really excited when they drafted him. I, I can remember uh, that draft pick and a lot of people were like, oh, you know, he, he might be a really great addition to the Bengals defense. And then we saw the preseason game against Tom Brady and then he was injured his rookie year. That was so unfortunate because the expectations really high last year. Uh, you'll never believe who his agent is. David Mulgetta. Yep. So when those, you know. They have to get a contract done with that guy. See, we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully Joseph Osai just has a great season this year. And then the following year, did you say two more years of Joseph Asai under contract? Yeah. So four year deal. Yeah. 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 So uh, maybe just two great years on the defensive side. Then we'll worry about that when we get there uh, to be determined on what that looks like. But I'm excited for Joseph. I I really am. Um, He he played well when he was out there last year, but hopefully he does get a few more opportunities. We'll go over to the prospects because we've talked about these already, but I feel like everybody's going and watching their tape. Now they're reading about them. They're all into the NFL draft. When we were talking about them in February and early March, we're going to start with the offensive line. You are watching the tape. You're seeing these guys. How are you feeling tackle guard-wise when it comes to the Bengals situation of where they're going to pick? You don't even have to say a 28, but just kind of later in the draft on, on if they do pick up that right tackle or even a guard position when it comes to prospects. So I still haven't watched the interior, guys. I just think they're giving Volson that next year. I'm going to watch them, but I, I still have three weeks, I guess, <laughs> kind of procrastinating on it just because I'm like, I don't think they're going to do this, and I don't want to fall in love for an entire draft season and then, like, that happened to me with uh, Landon Dickerson, who went to the Eagles. God forbid they – they. Uh, it happened to me last year, Tyler Linderbaum to the Ravens, so that wasn't great either. But, uh, yeah, I don't think they're in great spots to take offensive line, at least offensive linemen that I love or like so far or that seem like good values. Like we talked to Brandon, there's not a lot of those third-round, fourth-round types. It seems like everybody's like a first, second round. Um some people have guys they love. I know Blake Freeland gets some love. I don't love him. He's a day three pick to me. Um, Jalen Duncan had some hype, but then he, you know, he was like a 94th percentile athlete, but people were kind of expecting maybe hitting like the 98 being Blake Freeland with the hundredth percentile. So he didn't hit that. So he seems like a day three pick and his tape is a day three pick. Uh, there's, I just can't find a lot of guys that, especially at tackle, that I love fitting into the Bengals. Darnell Wright's the obvious one, and I just don't think he falls. He's a longtime starter in the SEC, played really well against top competition. He's just got all the things that NFL teams typically love, size. Dewan Jones would be perfect 
but then he didn't test at all. He skipped the testing at the combine and it made you think, okay, well, this guy, you know, he's just waiting for his pro day. And then he skips the testing at his pro day and it makes you think like, okay, what's the deal? <laughs> he's 380 pounds. So it could be an actual issue. I think on film, he looks like a better athlete than a lot of these big offensive tackles that come out here. Um, last year, there was Daniel Falele of the Minnesota Golden Gophers who came out and he was like 380 pounds. I just didn't think he moved that well. You, you know, you could be so big, but if you don't move well enough, you're probably not going to at least hit the ground running. I think Dewan Jones moves kind of well. So I'm a little bit surprised he's barely tested. He tested his 40 and that's it. I wanted to see some other stuff, but that makes him kind of like an incomplete profile on film. I'm fine taking him at 28. It's just, I'm not sure after that. I know people might be screaming. What about Anton Harrison? What about, you know, all these other guys? You know, Skaronsky and Johnson are gone. Uh, Broderick Jones is probably gone. Anton Harrison has played very minimal snaps at right tackle. And he also, I I don't see the first round pick. I see a second round pick, which is okay to take at 28 because it basically is a second round pick. It's a little bit of a reach. It's probably going to be guys I would have ahead of him. But to go with that, he doesn't seem like the Bengals type. Uh, I think the Bengals want bigger size. They want a better anchor. They want a stronger player. Because that's what they keep going for. Look, more length. Look at Orlando Brown. Look at Lyle Collins. Look at Alex Kappa. These guys are big. They're strong. And especially in Orlando's case, they're long. So that's what they want. They want Dewan Jones. He just didn't test. So he probably doesn't fall to pick 60. And you probably don't feel comfortable taking a pick 28. So that's my issue in my mind with offensive tackle. At least if it goes according to like the simulators and everybody's projecting, I never feel like taking the offensive tackle is the right call, but I do feel like if you don't take it at 28, then you're, you're just boned on taking that the rest of the draft. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, if you can move up in the draft with Jonah Williams to go get uh, Darnell, Wright, Go ahead. Other than that, keep Jonah under contract and let's, let's have a big battle for right tackle. We have, I, my poor Jonah, I got to bring him up again. I really do because this conversation, it's never going to end. And we've said this before, and everybody knows he's going to be on the roster if they can't find a trade partner. And they don't and mean like a, a day three pick. They want a day two pick, I think. And I don't think anybody else is really willing to give that day two pick while their rosters are healthy. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's I would look obviously you want, in a perfect world you want Jonah Williams to be a really good right tackle for you going into this year. Uh, but we know this front office. We know Mike Brown. They won't settle. I don't see them settling because I don't think Joan is going to throw a fit and, and cause any problems internally. He's going to probably Won't just show up. Yeah. And put the stuff on the whiteboard and sell his house <laughs> on his Instagram live. I'll never forget that. Was that a, that was Joe Burrow's rookie year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That was uh that was a lot. Uh, but no, I mean, I think the guy's going to show up and, and I've said it before, you know, obviously he wasn't good enough, but at the same time last year, he was average. Some would say a little below average, but Hey, that's all you really need with this offensive line. If he's going to move over to right tackle, we don't know what that looks like. We don't know what's going to happen. Lyle Collins don't know what's going to happen in the draft. So at the moment he's on this roster. And I think that's a smart move for Cincinnati, unless they get to draft night and somebody's desperate and their draft board didn't work out for maybe some of the offensive line depth they want to get. I would be a little surprised if they do go off into line at 28, um, just because I think that the top guys are going to be gone by the time, um, you know, their ideal who's on their board uh, by the time they pick at 28. So 
I think everyone has to have a little patience with the right tackle side. It's still April. No games are happening anytime soon. And um, just be determined on, on what that side looks like. So I've said it before, if Jonah Williams is the right tackle going into the season, I hope he's great. I hope yeah. he's good enough. And maybe having Alex Kappa over there would be really helpful for Jonah Williams. So we'll see. We'll see what it looks like to be determined. I'll move over on to the tight end side next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs>